Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, everybody. Ron Onesti here from Rock and Roll Heaven, the Arcata Theater in St. Charles, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. Welcoming you to Artist on Lockdown. We're hanging and banging with some of the legendary rock and rollers of our time. My partners in crime with this show. They're my brothers. So excited to have them with me tonight. Uh, this is episode, I believe, 22 of Artist on Lockdown, hanging and banging. But along with them tonight, this is a very, very special episode of artists on lockdown hanging and banging as we remember the memory of eddie van halen with some of his closest friends and some of our closest friends so let me bring to the screen right now uh from last in line from black sabbath from dio vinnie apice how you doing hello, hello. we what are you giving up you got hello to- everybody i give up <laughs> hello hey, hello hey ron no, that- no, 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 no! Don't start on me. We got a big show. It's a mo- you're gonna pick. I can tell by look on your face. It looks you're like you, post- you pasted it onto another shirt. <laughs> well, quit picking on me underneath it. Look, no, this is what counts. Okay, quit picking on me, will you please? You know what? I'm gonna call your brother on you. Your big brother, uh, my big brother, from Vanilla Fudge, Jeff Beck, Rod Stewart, Carmine, a, a piece. I, <laughs> there he is. He's got your sister's shirt. There it is, there it is. There it is. It's too hot to wear, so I'm not wearing it. Too hot. It's <laughs> oh. up here in Chicago. Yeah, hey, man. Yeah. Great to see you guys. Great to see you guys. Very yeah. special show tonight. We've got uh, some of rock and roll icons on, on the show tonight. And um, I can tell you, this is going to be something special, mainly because, it, you know, it's, it's, a, uh, it's bittersweet, of course. It's a great yeah, show featuring great people, but it's the memory of our buddy, Eddie Van Halen. So thanks hey, for before, Ron, before we get going, let's say a quick uh, 
rest in peace for Spencer Davis, huh? Spencer oh, yeah. Davis. How about Tony Lewis from the outfield? I mean, it's just a crazy. Oh, I don't know. He died too. He died a couple days. They died the same day. Oh man, the same oh, day. Terrible. It's terrible, yeah, man. It's terrible. And, um, yeah. and you know, yeah. it's, it's weird because um, you know it's very strange. We had them both booked at the Arcada. <laughs> I mean, they yeah, were we sure. them. Spencer Davis was coming. Uh, Tony Lewis, we had him. Uh, just it's just so, such a, a tragedy. So yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Well, let's bring a couple of our buddies on. A couple yeah. of guys have been on before. One guy hasn't been on before, so I'm very excited to see him as well. Um, let's bring on Ron Thal, of course, Bumblefoot, Guns and Roses, Sons of Apollo, and so many yeah. other things. What's up, brother? How's it going? Hello. Hey. You, do you do you have the guitar surgically implanted? <laughs> I can't imagine. I because I wouldn't recognize you. I would not recognize you the guitar. You're always with the guitar. No, no, no. Uh, oh no, who is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know him. How you doing, man? Good. <laughs> God, I love it. We got a yeah. Ah, yes. We got another friend that could join us tonight. He's on the air right now. Um, you know, guitar player. I mean, Deep Purple. How, how much better can that get? But what a great guy he is, and he's played at the Arcada several times. A good friend of ours. I know a tremendous good friend of yours. Let's welcome to the microphone to the screen, Steve Morse. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey brother. Oh, this is Katal Wars. Katal Wars. Yeah. Yeah, so, man. Hey, hold, hold on, hold on. <laughs> the drums yeah, kill Let's them. do it. How about Guitar Wars versus Drum Wars? What a cool yeah, night that would that be. There you go. I'm booking it. I'm booking it. Yeah, man. <laughs> we yeah, got you. We're good to see you guys. You Great book it, we'll do it. Hey, man, I just, you know I'll do it. Uh, Pat I, Travis just texted me, said he'll be right here. Beautiful. Pat will be on. And Bruce Kulik's going to be a little late, and we got Nugent later. Absolutely. So we got a lot going on. Let's talk to our two brothers here, Steve and Ron Bumblefoot here. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we, we touched on it, and we actually just before you guys uh, came on, we, we did do a, a quick little rest in peace as well to uh, Tony Lewis of the outfield and Spencer Davis, who died this week on the same day. Um, yeah. it's just crazy, man, you know, because it's not just band members or, I mean, these are legends and icons that are, are going, taking with them, you know, just traditions. And yeah. it's, it's just so sad. It really is, man. How you guys feeling? <laughs> and it, it, you really feel your mortality when a lot of your peers, yeah. you know, on a regular basis, like every month, it's just like. So who Sorry. was it ne this time, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. But you know, that's, Eddie, that's it. Eddie's time really, really hadn't, uh, you know, he, he had a lot more musically, you know, in him. And, and uh, yeah. it's such a shame that he got taken so early. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, that's the thing, you know. You you see these um, you see these testimonials. You see these people giving you know uh, tributes to, to Eddie all over social media, of course. And you know what? It's always the same thing. He, uh, the, the most amazing guitar player in the world, his own style. He influenced me, influenced uh, my band, and also one of the sweetest guys you'll ever meet. We're going to miss him for sure. Mm -hmm. Hey, um, Steve, you know, you, you've got – oh, wait. Actually, we, I'm getting a – we have – I think we've got Pat uh, backstage here. Um, uh, bring him bring, on. Bring him on. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. Needs no introduction, Mr. Pat Travers. Hey. Hey, hey man. Hey, hey Steve. How are you hey, doing, man. brother? All right. <laughs> Bumble. Oh, Pre-guitar players. I, I mean, know. I, I, I didn't realize you guys were going to have your guitars with you. I almost – Said, we'll hey, wait. Hand me mine, but uh, no, go, uh, go we'll get wait. it. Go get we'll it. No, 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 it's okay. <laughs> you know, I, I remember. Uh, I think it was the uh, uh, Duck Dunn, the bass player, the great Duck Dunn. Yeah. You yeah. know, and uh, he once said, "What do you got when you got three guitar players on stage up to their necks and shit?" <laughs> Not enough shit. <laughs> well, you, you've got a you got a festival gig. Is what you got? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is so funny, and yeah. I, I'm thinking that could uh, apply to drummers as well. I could be wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. So we got three. You know, I mean, not to blow smoke up your skirts, guys, but three legendary uh, uh, guitar players on on this call as well. And you know, I got to ask you, and, and you know, I know what part of the the obvious answer is, but, you know, when a guy like Eddie Van Halen, I mean, you know, you, you guys are all brothers in rock. Your guys are all brothers in guitar playing. But when you looked at Eddie Van Halen, I'm going to start with you, Pat Travers. When you, when you watched Eddie, when you watched him perform, what went through your mind when you would see him? Uh, you know, I think that uh, for me, the big problem with Ed was that he discovered these cool effects, the tapping and the dive bombs and the pick squeals. They were really only a small portion of what he really did. They were just effects, you know, in a, in a four-minute song. And if you look back at his uh, musicality and uh, and his rhythm playing, he was just like he was it, the, the first time you heard that you really got me. It's just all rhythm, yeah. you know. And uh, so I, I was always and I I loved it when he got into keyboards. I, I yeah. thought that was great. I and especially when. In the in the studio, when he could do both parts with the guitar, and he was a lot more sparing in th the amount of notes that he played than I think a lot of people realize. You know, he he didn't full blast pedal yeah. to the metal all the time, and uh, I think people miss that. Yeah. You know? a lot of his solos were very melodic, exactly, you know? yeah. Mem mem memorable. You know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was a very musical guy, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And he had great rhythm. I mean, that, that you know. And I don't think I ever saw anybody enjoy playing as much as he did. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I was uh, uh, cruising YouTube, and I found uh, 
a live solo from 1983. And he played, I don't know, maybe seven minutes. And it was fantastic. You couldn't take your eyes off him. He was just having a ball and he, and he didn't make one damn mistake, you know, ever. It was like, how do you do that, you know? He was awesome and a super nice guy. Uh, yeah. You know, Ron, you said that it, that everybody says the same thing, that he was a sweetheart, and he really was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, you, you would hear some of the stuff. I mean, David, you know, uh, Lee Roth said a couple things, and, and uh, you know, which, you know, we don't want to touch on too much because earlier it was like he had a, he was trying to blame some of the stuff that he was involved with and, and it, it got debunked later. And, and that's why I, I couldn't stand hearing some of the stuff that he was saying because Eddie was really a number one guy that you hear that from everybody. Steve, how yeah. did you think, I'm sure Eddie Van Halen influenced you in some way, shape or form. Steve? Yeah, although, although I ended up hearing him Really, you know, after after my style was pretty much formed and cemented, you know, because I was already doing the the Dregs music and and you know heavily involved in that when I did hear him, and uh, I think, like Pat said, the things that influenced me probably the most were his uh, music ideas that came out in rhythm, like uh, you know doing the rhythm. <laughs> I don't have a whammy. <laughs> you know, the, the little, and the, the little uh, accents he would put in his rhythm stuff. The, yeah. and, and Randy Rhodes, you know, uh, later did a lot of the, the same kind of things. And it, it had, you know, auditory interest to the parts. But he always knew how to voice the chords to, yeah. to you know, to give fatness where it needed to be. And and he would break down to to two notes when it needed it. You know, you you don't always have to be playing big fat bar chords or power chords. And uh, like I said, just and and getting to play with him, I, I discovered the same thing: is that he he's like uh, Steve Steve Lukather to me. You know, just very yep. inventive on the spot and you know melodic, but but knows what you know, looking for an opportunity to put apart when he was jamming on stuff that he wasn't familiar with. You know, that's a really good uh, uh, comparison or analogy, yeah. bringing Lukather in with that, because, uh, you know, they do had very similar styles to a degree. Hey, Bumblefoot, you know, you're, you're one of the most innovative guys that I've ever met, that's for sure, especially on the guitar. Uh, I'm, I, you, yeah, you are. I mean, look, you've got a double neck sitting right there. I mean, you know. Uh, but, and um, a fret works too. I know. And, you know, and obviously, Eddie was extremely innovative. Do you see some of the, the, the uh, comparisons or, or um, you know, on, on the way that on his, his way of innovations, did they touch you? Do you see some kind of uh, a comparison to yourself with that? Completely, completely, 100%. Uh, I always say there's like this line, there's guitar before Eddie Van Halen, and then there's guitar after Eddie Van Halen. And he just changed it for, like, whoever heard him, if they were in developmental years, he had some profound effect on them. And for me, I was like this Angus Young kind of guitar player when I was a kid. And then I remember I was 12 years old, and I went to band practice, 
and we're jamming. And this kid says, hey, do you know how to tap? And I'm like, and he shows me. And I remember he showed me the, and I was doing it backwards. I was going, he's like, no, the other way. And he played me for the first time. Uh, the first thing I ever heard was Meat Street. And I didn't know a guitar could make a sound like that. I had never heard, my ears had never heard anything like that. It would be as if your eyes saw a new color for the first time. It was just mind blowing. It, it just. And I was just like, more, more, show me more. And then he showed me eruption. And, oh my God. Yeah, and I was hooked. So I got a cassette copy from Eruption, and I just sat there just listening to like three notes at a time, three notes at a time, and just getting it down. Three notes. Three notes. And just learning it. And then once I learned it, I opened up the cassette, and I flipped the reels and put it back so that everything on the tape is backwards. And then I learned it backwards. You would do that. You would do that. That's innovative. That's innovative. But from there, I started really digging into all the Guitar World interviews that he was doing. And I started dipping my pickups in wax and started doing this and that and, and really experimenting and trying to figure it all out. But most of all, the most inspiring thing was. You know, he just made, he made me realize, a lot of people realize, that guitar is not just utility for the song. It's a very uh, expressive, individual, identifiable in its own way kind of thing. And I started getting into that saying, you know, who am I? Who am I when I pick up this guitar and what do I have? Well, let me dig as deep as I can to find whatever makes me me. And, you know, there's just one of everybody in the world, and anyone who picks up a guitar is going to have their own thing, but you want to dig deep and find that stuff. And yeah. that's what I really started doing because, you know, that inspiration that, that he gave. And, you know, uh, yeah, that's how I got into, like, the whole thimble thing. I was like, how much more can you do with a string? I mean, he, you know, was the master of, of the harmonics, and that's hitting him, but doing them on a closed note. All that kind of stuff, and Steve Morse, of course, the same thing. You know, you know, all that the chimes, but yeah, all that. So then it made me want to start really exploring what happens when you divide a string. And I started getting into the whole science behind it all how the uh, frequency is like a reciprocal of whatever fraction you cut with that string. You know, one third the length of string is going to be three times the frequency, one ten, three thirty. And what that means, sound wise and started getting into all of that stuff. And then when I was maybe 18, 19 years old, uh, I started using this thing, a, a thimble on my finger, where I can extend the neck and get to the notes once you be on the fretboard. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> all the R2-D2 higher stuff. And what you realize with the pickups is that they pick up just in this direction. And by the way, this is why you have to keep me muted uh, I and you know, the pickup picks up in this direction, which means anything you do behind the pickup, what you are doing is you're just shortening the length of string. 
So that means that you could completely de-intonate your guitar. All right, all right. This is enough. Hey, all right. Knock yeah. it off. Huh? It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, really. Dude, you, know what? you are missing the freaking Vinny. Hey, hey, Vinny. Let wow. me ask you a question. I got to ask, ask Vinny a question real quick. Vinny, as you as a drummer, of course, I don't know. And I want to ask the question. I don't know uh, specifically who has actually worked uh, on stage with Eddie. Um, but, uh, Vinny, you as a drummer and, and a guy, again, as innovative as Eddie Van Halen, how difficult is it to play behind someone like that? Uh, well, you know, Colin and I are pretty busy players, so uh, Eddie's pretty busy with his uh, rhythms, which are not blocks of four for you know, right. time. He had accents all over the place. So I would, I would uh, love to have jammed with him and, and just I would lay back and listen to where he's going and try to catch some of those accents but that's what I love them. Like even in Jump it's a top hit, it is. top 40 hit but yet they went into that weird timing part when I first heard it I went wow what the hell is that you know and and that's what I'm like, saying. You guys got your own styles, you know, and that, that would be, I don't, that's why I'm thinking it might be so difficult to, uh, you know, to adapt to I, his on stage. I actually, that ad I, was easy to play with. I bet he was one of the, for a drummer, I bet Ed was probably one of the easiest guys for you guys to play with. Yeah. Well, his yeah. brother was a drummer, so, yeah. you know. And he mean, was a drummer. He was a drummer. Yeah, he so was a drummer. I, yeah, he was it's a like drummer, you right? and me. It's like you and me, Carmine. Have we yeah. ever had any difficulty playing? No. It's And I bet playing with <laughs> I, I, Ed. I've been meaning to tell you about that, Pat. Yeah, that's not, that's not, that's that not what told me. I had. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I get what you're saying, but uh, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, I think everybody right here is like overthinking Eddie Van Halen. He just was really good at what he did, and he practiced and he worked out these things. You know, mm -hmm. he took the time, but fundamentally. He had a great rhythm style, aggressive, bluesy vibrato. And then he, you know, the, the, the lockdown whammy bar just happened to come out when he was doing his thing. And that was uh, a whole other thing. You know, I mean, Hendrix was doing that stuff 10 years earlier. Unfortunately, his guitar came back all out of tune when he did it. But once they fixed that, that's, you know, uh, Eddie was able to, to adapt that just crazy uh, dive bomb thing along with the uh, harmonics. That harmonics are lovely. They weren't invented in 1978. They've been around for a long time. And, right. And, you know, he just had this combination of, of really, and he was my age. So he, his uh, the guys he listened to were like, Clapton and Beck and Page and you know so he had this whole library of incredible guitar players to draw upon and then he took a few things that you know became his style but I think people the guitar playing was great but I think the music and the the aggressive nature of his playing was just wonderful. Uh, just a production note, 
on the first two albums, the guitar is just on the left speaker. There, oh, it's yeah. not on both speakers. It's the most amazing thing. If you go and listen to it and turn the stereo all the way to the right, there's just a little echo of the guitar. It's all on one speaker. Ted Templeman did that. Yeah. Thank you, Pat. You know, we do have a couple other guys who are going to join. This will be quite the, uh, the circle of trust that we have here tonight, quite the conversation. Um, another good friend of ours, been on our show before, you know him from, uh, from his days with KISS. He's with Grand Funk Railroad right now. Let's bring our buddy Bruce Kulik out to the mic. Bruce, good to see you, buddy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, Bruce. Thank you. Hey, Bruce. Welcome back, Bruce. Yeah. I, I actually uh, got to hear a little bit. You guys are doing very well. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, everybody, uh, you know, what can I say? Uh, uh, what an influence he was for me. And I have to admit some of the special stuff that I had to do for Kiss, um, if Eddie didn't exist. And I didn't kind of like, I, I, I barely touched the surface of what he can do. But I whatever I robbed and made my own made me more important to my fans and i and i always felt very uh fortunate that he came along and did something so unique for rock and roll i look at him as like the he uh he was kind of like the muscle car that came out of nowhere yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. Good analogy. And straight out of california i mean forget yeah. even just the vibe i mean come on uh the energy and 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 performing you know uh flying through the air and jumping around like that but to play so well and and really, if I if I just had a moment to talk about his guitar playing, first of all, brilliant writer. The songs with Van Halen was fantastic, but yeah. it's just you know I always could hear something about his vibrato and the emotion and the melody that he would put into lead guitar playing that I could totally relate to, and that's what moves me. There were other great players from that era. I remember a lot of people would talk about Randy Rhodes, but you can tell in Randy's playing. The influence was very classical, and then he triple track or whatever, and that really turned the you know everybody on quite a bit. But I just knew that Eddie listened to uh, Eric Clapton, and I'm sure Pat, you know that. Oh Maybe yeah, you do too, but You know what I mean? There was something about his vibrato and phrasing that he just took it another level, you know. Um, and then of course, I'm just talking about without the you know some of the Floyd type tricks that. Obviously, you can't do just on a Les Paul, okay? He totally turned the guitars upside down. And and ironically, I was getting into the Floyd Rose and a bolt-on simple guitar with a one pickup. I didn't have the guts to just build it myself or put paint all over it and stripe it and do all the crazy things that he did. But it really worked, and it kind of really blew up the whole music business, too. Yeah. So mm -hmm. playing, you know, the tools of the trade were changed was a game changer, but, but it always came down to one thing that I know everybody here and everybody watching should know. It, it was truly still all about his, his talent. Um, yeah. The innovative things were great and they were only more amazing to be attached to his legacy. And we're all, he changed the landscape of guitar playing with not only his technique and ability, speed and vibrato and melodic content, then there was all the uh, the parts and, and and how he just just made things his own. And uh, Pat, you were talking about how he was recorded on that first record, and that does make a difference. Yeah. But I grew up, Eric Clapton was God, okay? Yeah. 
Cream. Right. You could hear Eric on one side. You know what I mean? Yeah. Beatle records were sometimes like that, as you guys know. That's the uh -huh. way it was in the old days. Yeah. Separated. There was real stereo. Yeah. You know? yeah. True stereo. I always loved that Gene was so involved in seeing the vision of, whoa, these guys, right? And then look what happened. You know, he didn't Exploded. wind up working with them. Uh, but he knew. He, he knew there was lightning in the bottle there. And, and it sh sure was, you know. So, so and to, just to wrap it up with my, so he influenced me. First, he scared the hell out of me, okay? When I heard that play, Everybody. Yeah, okay, good. I'm glad somebody else said it because I was like, oh, no. No, no, no. I know I'm I'm good at something, but uh, I, I, he's doing twice as much as me and and twice as fast and twice as better or whatever. You know, I was just freaked out. And then, all right, I get the call to be in to fill in actually for for in Kiss for Mark St. John, who was like one of these fusion guys who could do a lot of that crazy stuff. Because when Kiss couldn't deal with Vinnie Vincent, and they ended that. And Vinny was a, uh, had a foot in both sides, and you guys know a bit, a bit about him, his playing, too. But the point is, Ace was Ace, you know what I mean? That's based on Jimmy Page and guitarists like that, which is much more what I got my vocabulary from. But now guitar playing is changing, and there's the Floyd Rose, and there's people like Eddie out there. But the guy before me was playing a lot of tricks. I had to incorporate that, and I made it my own. And then, of course, I wound up being asked to stay and there was, I would say, a good half of my 12 years in the band. There was always some songs on a record where I did need to think Eddie. I, there wouldn't have been a Crazy Night solo on that single that was so big. There wasn't a, the, even a, even a, uh, there's so many things I was in. Some of the fastest songs clearly were totally Van Halen in, influenced, you know. And I used to, when I was given that solo, uh, finally on the second tour, not Animalize, Asylum Tour, which is now like celebrating its 35th anniversary, which is crazy, 1980, you know, uh, five, 85, yeah, end of 85, it was the tour of the album came out just a little while ago, 35 years ago, it's nuts. But Gene says, I, it's time for you to do a solo, uh, this is what I think you should do, you go there, you run to that side of the stage, yeah he staged it right and then go to the middle and do something insane so i got on my knee and did my best you know like this like hammer on there's many pictures of that where i'm down there doing you know my it, it, i call it eddie light okay you know what i mean because right. he just <laughs> really knew how to do it but it was the same techniques and i know the guitar players in the room know exactly what I'm talking about. And I made it my own, and then I offered a guitar to the gods above my head, and big finale, that's the end. Bruce Gilling, lead guitar! <laughs> Comes up, you know? And, and that, you know, and that was Paul, right? And that was yeah, Paul. Yeah, that would be Paul coming out doing that, right. Good invitation. That, I'm telling you, without Gene's direction and what I was able to assimilate from Eddie in my own way, uh, later on, I remember for the next tour, I, I, I actually started to incorporate weird things I found at Hendrix things because he was a big hero of mine. The way he would improvise during big solos back in, sure. you know, 68, 69. And the fans wouldn't have known that, but I'm just saying. But without Eddie, I, I wouldn't have had that signature showpiece solo. I wouldn't have shined on Asylum because that was my first official record doing some speedy things that kill me now. People say, play King of the Mountain. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> They have no idea how hard it is 35 years later. Okay, uh, I know. I got it. Oh, yeah, right. you know. 
and I agree with Pat that, that I would think a player as talented and as musical and as brilliant as a Eddie Van Halen, it doesn't matter what kind of drummer, as long as that drummer is as good as these two gentlemen here, yeah. you, you guys are going to click, man. It's not yeah, yep. about a challenge, okay? Or, or like it would be a problem at all. No. Well, speaking Amazing. of clicking, we have another friend, another brother in rock and roll, another legend icon to be on this call. Gentlemen, please welcome to the stage... <laughs> Mr. Ted Nugent. Hey guys, we'll be right back after a few messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to our Hanging and Banging podcast. I'm Ron Onesti here with Vinny Apice and, of course, the legendary Carmine Apice. Feedback, super twang, noise, celebration, orange, <laughs> everybody. What the fuck? <laughs> there he is. There he you know, is. I just got out of a swamp, so I think I'm going to have more cleansed you. So I'm going to get right down to the ultimate dirty nitty gritty. Yeah, the guitar was um, uh, truly out of body. He really went where Chuck Berry and, and even Clapton and all the gods never went. He uh, reinvented a, a tapestry and a geography and a topography. But let's talk about Eddie the music nut. We all got into these guitar adventures because we love that music. And you have to admit, with all the pyrotechnics and all the uncharted territory that Eddie really pioneered and uh, elaborated upon, and we all glean that from everybody. Everybody says, what are you inspired by, Ted? I go, short skirts and train wrecks and everything in between. So, <laughs> so what I think the most dynamic impact is that everybody on here, uh, Pat, it's good to see you and Bruce and everybody else. God bless yeah. you all. Happy Clusterfuck 2020. Yeah. Um, we all got into it because we were youthful mm -hmm. adventurers for what Chuck Berry and Little Richard and all these gods invented after Les Paul electrified the guitar. So the real impact from Eddie Van Halen to me is that I'm like you guys. I'm a music lover. I love musical statements and musical defiance and, and turns that you didn't expect. Not just his playing and all the uh, virtuosity, but the songs that he did it upon. This guy is going to go down with Mozart and Beethoven and Yusef Latif and John Coltrane and Chuck Berry and B.B. King. He's going to go down with all these gods that, that really drew us into a sonic outrage that we hadn't witnessed before. And I'm like all of you guys, I wasn't so much scared as pissed off. I'm going, why the fuck didn't I figure that shit out? Um, so I got to know Eddie early on. They did their first national tour opening for me. And there's that legendary story where he's out there doing a sound check and I'm hearing all this outrageous noise. And I was anticipating this. And I went out and I looked at him. He had a bomb. And I said, well, why didn't I have oh, a yeah, bomb yeah, yeah, my yeah, amplifier? If anybody should have a bomb on his amp, it should be me. And so <laughs> I asked him what he's doing. And he basically, you know, started talking electronic stuff that I had no idea what he was fucking talking about. But he played my Birdland after it ate his face because of the feedback. But when he, when he got away from the speakers so that he could actually play on the fretboard because of Birdland will... It, it'll, it has a life of its own. It won't let you play if it wants to feed back in a different key than you anticipate. And he sounded like Eddie Van Halen on a Gibson Birdland through Fender Twins. And then I picked up that, that bastardized Strato monster, and I started playing my riffs through his rig, and it sounded like my stuff. So 
I think what we all should celebrate, and I know I talk to people all the time about the music that we love and after Eddie passed and the heartbreak and the sadness, but also more important than all that negativity and, 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 and forlorn you know, pain is the happiness and joy that that motherfucker will deliver to us for eternity. And anytime we want to hear what Lewis and Clark would not have sent Sacagawea on in the guitar neck, we can just go ahead and listen to Eddie Van Halen. So I'd like to just join all of you in just genuflecting at the altar of not just his guitar virtuosity, but his, his human spirit unleashed, uninhibited plunge into that uncharted territory that gave us new uh, lexicon, new language. Dad, new, new, Dad, new- it, it, it was, you remember when Hendrix first came out, and I believe even in like Monterey, which was his first sure. performance after coming back, <laughs> the smile on his face and the pure joy of yeah. just showing people, look, look at this cool thing I can do. He's it's having fun. Yeah, and yeah. and Eddie was the same way. It was just, and it came right out of, I remember the first time we were driving in a rental car in Texas uh, on our way to San Antonio from Austin. San Antonio, suck my yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and on the FM radio in 78, and that eruption came on, and it jumped out of the speakers and right up into my face. And, you know, that was just like the coolest thing. Hendrix did that. Chuck Berry did that. Stevie you know, Ray Vaughan did that. Stevie Ray Vaughan exactly did that. Just And he was another guy that just loved to play, you know. I think he touched us because that, that positive spirit that you're emphasizing there, Pat, uh, even – Right to the day he died. I mean, I, I hadn't seen him for years, and I don't know what kind of trauma and, and physical um, suffering he went through. But in his last interview, in his last tour, that guy was all shit kicker, piss and vinegar smiles. He, he channeled our love of music with not just the guitar maneuvers, but within the context of his songwriting. He was as brilliant yeah. of a songstress as he was a guitar technician. And hey. when I got to jam with him, you know, I, I don't like drunk and stoned people so much. Um, but even when he was drunk and stoned, he played like a motherfucker. And we had a really, really good time. <laughs> what you, you know, every, every picture, every, uh, Ron, every picture you ever see Eddie, pretty much every picture, yeah. he's laughing. Yep. Yeah. I haven't seen any. He's laughing at us, by the way. Try this, motherfucker. Try to do this. Are we all in agreement of what of Eddie's greatest body of work? Is it the Eruption Project? Is it, the, or do we have some uh, some other ideas? I I tell you the truth. When he started playing the keyboards. And, and he was still just doing all the guitar in the studio. I really liked where he was going with that. Absolutely. I, 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 I wanted to be pissed off because I don't like keyboards, but yeah. you could not like what he did. He actually did, you know how we chunk chunk on an on a, on a open string? He somehow delivered that on keyboards. So yeah, God bless Exactly. I, I love just the, the voicing of his chords and and uh, and even, you know, the the 
syncopation of the, the rhythms and stuff. It was very yeah. musical, but yeah. still totally rock and roll. And nine yeah. times out of ten, when he came in with a solo, it was a rock and roll solo. It was like yeah. Chuck Berry or, you know, that was... Even the, I'd beat it. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah, his, absolutely. You know the way he started a solo, and then he went off into uh, Eddie Van Halen land. You know, he was a motherfucker, boy. Yeah, I know. You know, Eddie. Eddie was a big fan of my group Cactus and Jim McCarty, who Ted knows very well. My hero. And, and Eruption came from a song that we did called uh, "Let Me Swim." You know, when I got to know Eddie. They gave me, he gave me cassettes of them before they made it playing cactus songs, playing Beck Bogan and the Peace songs. I have them somewhere. And like Parchment Farm, yeah. Yeah, like, so Eruption came, we, we did the same thing. We hit a chord and McCarty did this big guitar thing. Then it went bram, bram, brown. To another thing, you know? And he said, We got that from you. I said, Get out of here. Oh, that's cool. I, I, I didn't even notice it. You know, just like half a teacher was parched my phone, you know. Well, they're doing all the covers. That's where you really got me. I was so pleased to hear him yeah, do well. a hit song with the kinks. You really got me because everybody on this call, I'm sure we all played. You really got me in oh, yeah. clubs a thousand times. Well, I don't yeah. know if Steve ever played that. Steve, did you ever play that? Oh, yeah. That's all right. Okay. 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 We, we played Am Amboy Dukes and, oh. and the Kinks. Hey. And now, right. there we go. Now you're Listen. talking. When I, uh, uh, inspirational moment, everybody talks about eruption, uh, but I remember a moment in my life somewhat earlier when I was about 12 or 13 on an AM radio in my mom's 63 Ford Falcon and <laughs> this band called the Amboy Dukes and this sustained feedback note came out in the middle of the song and I was like, what the F was that? <laughs> so, you know. There it is. Yeah. And, uh, there it is. <laughs> God bless you, Steve! <laughs> No, I was totally excited. Yeah, I came up with that. I was only 18 years old. I don't yeah. know how the fuck I figured that out, except listening and li putting the needle on B.B. King stuff and putting the needle on, on uh, Bo Diddley and putting the needle on Chuck Berry, putting the needle when the – than the cream. Well, I, that was before the cream, actually. I would put wow. a needle on these uh, Jimmy McCarty's Mitch Ryder stuff, and yeah. I would find these notes that I had no idea worked in a chord pattern, and I came up with that. It was pretty damn cool. I'm a motherfucker, uh, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> great great oh, phrasing, Great That's phrasing. Way, is, ahead, uh, way ahead of your time. Yeah, man. we bonded that uh, on that day. That was like... 10 years before we ever met, you know. Well, here, I got to tell you, Steve, here's a bird land. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
That was Ed's moving the crazy. phone, wasn't it? Ted, you're just like Eddie in a way, because when you play, you make the coolest funny faces. Can't help it. Right? I, I consider good music like a butt fucking. Me too. And I think oh, if you're yeah. really taking in, your face will represent the uh, the atrocities. Somebody said to me the other day, somebody said to me the other day on Facebook, he said, I notice when you're playing, your eye blinks on two and four. I said, no. yeah, I, I know. I said, yeah, I know. But, you know, I can't help it. It's just the way it is. You know, I come down on the snare and it's like a, an emotional thing that just, it, it, you can see it in your face, you know? Yeah. Thanks for having me on here, guys. I got to tell you, everybody on here, I have such respect and so, so much reverence, all of you. And I think yeah. we can ultimately uh, conclude, even though we're going to keep going, that the music of Eddie Van Halen and his teammates, the band were just motherfuckers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Alex yeah. and yeah. Michael and David Lee Roth and, 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 and Sammy. But all of you guys, a big salute. Since you're not dead yet, I want to do it while you're still alive. <laughs> a huge shit kicker, music loving salute to all you guys because it's not just the concerts, it's just not the songs, it's just not the radio, it's just not listening to do it in your truck. The enrichment that Eddie Van Halen's music and all you guys, Steve and Bruce and, and everybody, what you've enriched. I love music and you have enriched my life because of the quality and the emotion and the musical authority and the piss and vinegar and the, and the fire that you guys deliver. So before you die, I would like to say that to all of you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. Well, I think you. Same, I think we've same, all been connected same to you. each other. Same, yeah, same, same to you, Ted. You know, Ted and I go back from a crazy nights tour that, that uh, Nugent was out with Kiss. I remember we were talking to Rockman's gigs and stuff, and it was so crazy. And then, of course, you know, Ted knows, uh, you know, the good old Grand Funk guys who I've been oh, yeah. with for 20 years, and we had My some hero. chats about that. And, and you're right. I mean, Steve, I, I don't think I've ever met you in person. Ron, I know you, and Paul, Paul Stanley loves you. As you Thank know, you. and Pat, yep. you, we, we did a camp together, yeah. uh, one of the fantasy camps. You know, it was cool. And uh, obviously, the the two the two drummers who officially host this show, they're <laughs> legendary and uh, and controversial in their own way. But yeah. uh, Ted, you're right. I always show utmost respect um, for for our fellow music community people because we all know what it is. To actually, first of all, the business part of what we do is nuts. We know that, okay? Yeah. But that's why we all look like kids when we're playing and making the uh, the orgasmic faces, you know, because that's what the fun is. <laughs> I'm actually yeah. having an orgasm myself. <laughs> <laughs> I know I am. That's so, that butt so fucking bit again. Um, Eddie, the few times I got to meet him, he was, uh, I remember there, uh, one funny story about Eddie is meeting him twice uh, backstage. I was with Eric Carr. And we went to see, this is with Sammy Hager. And by the way, when it comes to the David Lee Roth version and the other one, I love them both. Okay, I so, love them You know, both. there Absolutely. are people that, that, that have their favorites, but I just see it as like one tremendous rock band that was just uh, a turbo, you know, it, it, the songs and the playing and musicianship was incredible. But um, one gig, uh, Eddie was definitely wild. And I remember he was acting very, he was real flirty backstage, very chatty backstage. And then the next night, Valerie was there, okay? Oh. And it was a little different Eddie backstage. You know, he still played amazing. I did hope so. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny to see that. And then the, the spread that those guys would have after a gig, lobster, steak, and everything. You know, with Kiss, it was like, 
usually we just left the arena and there was like turkey club sandwiches back at the hotel for us, you know. You know, it was like they didn't care about it that way. I just uh, had them bring in a goat and a dagger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I just couldn't believe the decadence. They were so cool. That you got to fit it. I got to provide it. Exactly. <laughs> Well, we, we know that Ted, he likes to cook at the, what is it? The, oh, no, we have, Ralph, uh, uh, one night, Teddy, when you played uh, here in Orlando, where I live at the House of Blues, and you had uh, Chef come back and do some wild pig and a cream pot, yeah, and it was, whew, it was so good. Hey, uh, Ted, I don't know if you remember this, nothing to do with Eddie. My, my, my girlfriend, uh, Leslie Gold, she was a radio talk show host in New York, she I'm had you, Island, yeah, she had, yeah in, in, in Manhattan. She was like a female Howard Stern. She had you on the show, and just for fun, she had a flaming stripper come on the show, and you guys barbecued some meat on the flaming stripper and ate it. Those things happen, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we call it. That's what Ted calls lunch. Yeah, man. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, okay. I don't have any fun at all. You guys, um, what would you think? I mean, as far as uh, um, Eddie, I mean, you know, the, the Fairweather fan. I mean, the real feather, uh, the real fans know this, but the Fairweather fan of Eddie Van Halen don't. I don't think they really realize just how musical he was. Drums, keyboards, songwriting, the whole package. He was so humble. Did you ever have an experience, or even see him talk about himself in that vein? You know, I, I always thought that. You know, I have a nice, diverse life. I think. I think we can all agree that some of the greatest uh, gifted artists in the history of the world are no longer with us because the music is hard to escape. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's impossible to escape. And I told a lot of my heroes they should stop doing what they're doing uh, because they need an escape. I have the spirit of the wild. I, I hunt and I fish and I farm and I dig holes and I train dogs and and I breed teenagers um anyhow I uh, <laughs> not really not anymore and uh so what I found is that uh, you know I love Eddie I think we all love Eddie we thank God that Eddie Van Halen came into our lives but I don't think the guy could get away from the music he lived no, no, in he that studio totally, totally. He, he needed something to cleanse his brain. Obviously, well, he only he knows what he needed. But I found with the intensity that I unleash my music, I better shut the fuck up and get some good sleep and get away from the music. That's why my music stays fresh. And I bet you all have a way to do that yourselves because your yeah. music is always fresh. But yeah. Eddie lived in the fucking studio. Yeah. Did you ever go to his Have you ever been to his studio? In, I, in never was, I never got yeah, there. I used to hang out with Eddie and Alex there. And first of all, you know, every time you see Eddie with a picture, he had a cigarette in his hand or yeah. on the guitar. You go in that studio and it just reeked <laughs> of tobacco. smoke. Tobacco. Uh, but they had, like, Steve, you had the uh, the, the uh, Scully machine. They had a couple of Scully machines that had this big Neve board or, or some sort of big board. All kinds of, all kinds of keyboards, guitar stacks. I mean, it was... It was just a mess. It looked like a, a, a really badly kept uh, music store, you know? Well, and he was Alex, a genius. He was a genius. Yeah, and Alex had his drums. genius has chaos. Yes, total wow. chaos. Well, he, you know, and, about Alex had his drums. Alex had his drums all set up, you know, behind some glass. And 
they just would go in there and, and, and just hang out and just screw around until they come up with something. It was amazing. You talk, you talk chaos a little bit. I mean, it's no secret that there was some drama going on with the band. I mean, so many times. I mean, I, between obviously the Sammy David thing, but there was a lot of drama going on with the band. You hear that a lot. How, do you, how much do you think that affected Eddie, his outpour? Do you think he could have even done even more if that freaking drama wasn't around? I think he was the drama. I think he put. I think he put out everything yeah. a human possibly could. That was my point. I, I think he worked. You know, I'm not. I'm in no yeah. position to judge, but I think he worked himself to death. Yeah, I th I agree. Yeah, I agree. With that. I agree. I really do because uh, that's, that's all, all he did. He did. All he did. and all he did. I wish he had collaborated with more musicians so uh, other people over time he didn't really I mean, do you remember had, the uh the thing with Brian you know May. he had a few showcase yeah. things here and there but he never got outside you know he played being eddie van halen he played on I, tim, I was, sorry he played he played on tim bogut's solo album oh no wow. kidding wow yeah. They never went well, I think we can all agree. I'm going to leave you with this because I have a I have a Zoom thing I'm doing here in a minute. But thank you so much for including me, and I'm humbled and honored to share a time to a great man like Eddie Van Halen. But I think I can leave you with the most uh, the words of wisdom from your old guitar player from Detroit. Uh, to quote the greatest philosopher of all times, Dirty Harry, when he said, <laughs> when he said, a good man has to know his limitations. So Eddie, rest in peace. We worship the soundtrack that you have provided that brings us such happiness and such outrage. And to all of you guys, too, I repeat that. Um, I'm, I'm humbled to, to share this little get-together. It's like a campfire for Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. But I have a song called Fred Bear about a hero of mine. And at the end, I say, in the wind... He's still alive, and I think that applies to Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, well said. Hey, hey Ted, but uh, before you go, yeah. before you go, you, you said that you know Eddie should have lived by the the mantra that every man has his limitations. What are the limitations of Ted Nugent? <laughs> I don't have any. That's why well, I know these I know. things. Um, <laughs> no, my limitations are I got smart early on because with the Amboy Dukes, we did 300, sometimes 350 concerts a year. If a place had electricity, I'd plug the fuck in and play. And, and I did it so much, but I was raised as a hunter. And during the fall and winter, when I'm on tour, I'd see people hunting. So I'd try to grab a Wednesday where I could go hunt. And you can't really experience nature in a quickie so my my brightest moment was back in the 70s when i was selling gazillions of records i said no to chunks of time in october to go hunting with my dad to wow. shut the fuck up because you've all seen me on stage how i haven't killed myself i'll never know because <laughs> i have more forehead popping veins than james brown every song so i had to learn to shut the fuck up and relax and get into the outdoors where like tonight i was in a tree for three hours and i had ducks and geese flying all around two deer gave me the finger but i'll catch up with them my, I rock my balls into a frenzy 
But then when I'm not rocking my balls into a frenzy, I'm really good at shutting the fuck up and living living an earthly life. I farm, I ranch, I, I hunt, I fish. I, I donate over a ton of venison to soup kitchens and homeless shelters every year. I'm like Mother Teresa with a Glock. And, uh, and, uh, and so if I'm going to make the music, in fact, let me leave you with this. I think all my guitar buddies will love this. My uh, bow and arrow fingers going. But here's a, here's a new lick that Pat and Steve and Bruce, this is when I come in from a swamp. I just sat down the other day and I went. <laughs> and I would do a full mix like that if I hadn't been quiet for a long time. So yeah, my, my limitations are to be quiet when I'm not loud. That's yeah. mindfulness, brother. When you're out there in the woods, you're just paying attention to nature and the stuff that's right in front of you. Yep, yep. God that's, bless you guys. I hope you guys yeah, have a wonderful God. rest of this crazy year. God bless you and your family. Yeah, Be healthy and strong. We did, I'll talk to you. And I'll talk to you. I will. I'll call you, Carmen. God bless. In fact, I'd like to get all your numbers. I'd like to harass all you guys and talk about shit sometimes. I'll send, I'll send it to you. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. God bless y'all, man. Right, thank, thank you, you God, God bless Eddie Van Han. I have no idea yeah. how to get the fuck out of here. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So can you I ever love, imagine? I love, you hear, I love Ted. I love Ted. But did Ted. you ever did you ever think that you would see the day that you'd hear Ted Nugent say, "I gotta shut the shut up." You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I couldn't. That's I know. I've lived that. Long. Thank God. Hey. Thank God. <laughs> We're lucky he came on late. Yeah. I know. I know. Well, you know what? Um, and I was touching on this a little bit. You know that the drama. And it, first of all, it's it's amazing that Valerie stuck around with all the drama going around. I mean, he was yeah. he was a very loyal guy though with his marriage and everything. Right. Something yeah. something rare, you know. And there was true well, love he, there. He was loyal with his, extremely loyal about his band and his brother because we did we did one of the few, of uh, you know things of him stepping outside the band when we when we played the. Uh, that music band uh, series of, of of shows and uh, that showcase at the at the NAM, but where he played with John Ferraro on drums, mm-hmm. but but he yeah. was very, you know, just even in, in conversation, he would like stop the conversation with somebody was talking about drums and say, "No, you don't understand. My brother is the biggest badass on drums and the plant." You know, I mean, he he loved his brother and loved his yeah. brother's playing and they they were obviously connected together yeah. and, and I, one I, things, I, I alex I, I, never I, played alex never played with anybody else yeah that's another weird thing too isn't it yep. and, that, and, yeah. well, and even his I, son I, the support uh, that he gives his son they gave his son yeah i mean you know a lot of guys don't do that maybe give him a shot here and there but the amount of support that he gave his uh, his son is just a, i mean he earned it too of course but still you know, a lot Eddie, of guys, Eddie, they want that separation. Eddie told me that he was uh, joined at the hip with his brother. Yeah. In the, uh, like around 2000, they weren't doing much. And I was putting a band together with Jimmy Bain from D.O. Oh, Jimmy. I love Jimmy. So I said, let's get a, we need a guitar player, man. Who are we going to call? So we said, let's start at the top. So I called Eddie. 
That's ballsy. He called me. Yeah, he called me back the next day. But I don't have too many friends named Eddie. And he goes, Hey, Vinny. Yeah, it's Eddie. And I went, Eddie. Eddie. Oh, Eddie. Shit. So I said, you know what was going on? He said, Well, I appreciate the offer, but but Alex and I are joined at the hip, and uh, Ah, you know that's why they. Yeah, it's amazing. It's great. Good. Yeah, we you know, I've known so many people that, um, in some ways, they worked with those guys, uh, either on the, in, you know, the marketing mm-hmm. or the uh, uh, artistic or the road crew, and and they were good friends of mine. And I have to admit, most of the time when I, I would want to know some things about the in, inner workings of that <laughs> band because they were just so influential and famous to me, and I have to admit. None of it could I wrap my head around. Drama is the big, big word. Not that every we all know bands is drama, okay? Yep. But you have those two brothers attached at the hip. You have controversial front men, you know, David Lee Roth. I don't even know what really happened when he went, but they didn't stop. Yeah. And then they move into Sammy Hager, who's so talented. And then there's another version of the band. Then all of a sudden, the sweetest guy in the world, as far as I was concerned, you know, Michael Anthony is shown the door, you know, yeah. it's just everything and anything I heard, I could never put the, the, the pieces of the fabric together to make yeah. any picture to what me happened? at all. And well, I heard Sammy loved the music, know what they were into. And, and one last thing I wanted to bring up about, I, I only had those, that quick time backstage with Eddie and I, bar- I didn't even really speak to him. So I'm at a NAMM show, but it was at an event when he was showing the Eddie Van Halen gear. We had that uh, fabulous photo together, and I was so happy to meet him uh, and actually take a picture this time. But um, I've run into Michael Anthony. I've done th- some things with, and I'm sure you guys have as well, some of you. Great, great, great. But um, one time I ran into Alex, and I believe it was Wolfgang then, at the Admos Club in Dallas, okay? And it was so cool. Uh, whoever was with them knew me and introduced me to Alex. And I was so bummed that Eddie wasn't there, of course. But I had to connect it to Grand Funk for a second because when I told him, oh, I'm on the road with Grand Funk, I've been with them at that point. It was probably 10 years, okay? And they were like, oh, my God, I love Grand Funk. We all have influences. Carmine, everyone's been influenced by one of your bands or you. We know that, okay? Vinny, everyone loves every band you've played in, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and so on and so forth. I have to stroke the host here, of course. But the point I'm making is they had their heroes, too, and their eyes lit up when they knew. And, Don, you know, like Don Brew is one of those icons on drums. You guys know that, okay? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and, they were, and to see Alex, someone who's the ultimate, you know, uh, rock drum drummer from that era, especially my era of Kiss and everything, he's just, like, lit up about it. And we, and we know that Mel was so influential as a bassist for so many, you know, like a Tim yeah. Bogart was, you know. So it's just so connected, and I'm just, I was just so happy to run into them, say hi, and sadly, though, anytime I had to hear what's going on, oh, my God, anything I heard, I just wanted to just, like, I, I, I felt so bad because you just wanted to always work out. But I think we all know that that's not the way, the way it is, you know, and unfortunately, Sammy, there's a lot of drama Sammy there. Sammy once told me, that someone's he, breaking up there. What was that? Oh, am I here? Yeah, yeah. go ahead, Pat. I was Sammy was telling me once that he would work on songs with Ed in the studio, just him and Sammy, and they were having a ball and they were coming up with stuff and 
putting it down on tape and and ed was just like completely gung-ho about it very next day alex said i don't like it and ed didn't like it anymore you know yeah. that's the way it went if if alex didn't like it eddie didn't like it anymore and sammy said that was kind of frustrating you know but, well yeah. i got i got a little story about the other singer uh david lee roth uh, uh -oh. time when, when Mark, marco mendoza was uh asked me if i would play in dave's new band after the old band with uh, billy sheen everything broke up and uh and by the way, Billy Sheen's going to be on the show, Ron, next next Thursday. Next Thursday, oh, right. Thursday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, so as I said, yeah, I wouldn't, I would, uh, you know, check out a new band with Dave. So we had a rehear we had a couple of rehearsals. So we had one rehearsal. Then the next day, Dave shows up in this outfit that it looked like a Holiday Inn bedspread and and curtain outfit, you know, <laughs> made made into like pajamas, right? So he, so he come in and he said, I said, hey, David, I said, man, did you get that to Hol at Holiday Inn and make oh. that into an outfit? He said, no, man, this is custom made. And next thing I know, I was fired. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's silly. Well, not surprised. Not, but, not at all. <clears throat> Is, is there a out for the better there? Oh, yeah, yeah. He never got a band. He never got a band together anyway, so. And that's oh. thing. Ooh, what? let's lighten up here, guys. He had, he had the, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Steve. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, he had the good sense to, to hire good people, okay. though. Jason yeah. Becker. <laughs> Jason yeah. Becker, when I, when I met him, you know, when he was an able-bodied young man, he he introduced himself to me, very well-spoken and great guitar player. And, and he just was so proud that he just, you know, gotten the gig uh, playing with David Lee Roth. And of course, you know, then his, you know, the ALS flared up and, and you know, his, he's he's still alive and still a genius though. And uh, I think it's, it's really cool of David Lee Roth to, you know, well, to want to be around talented people like that yeah. even that residency thing he's, he put together in here vegas it, you know obviously then the pandemic hit you know uh, but he did do enough dates i remember i think he had two or three guitar players but they 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 had the, the eddie van halen vocabulary down very well especially one of the guys i mean and why not i mean david's yeah. no fool that he's gonna it's it's it, you know he might be the front man and has that name but the playing better be you know legitimate to what, yeah, what, what well, he's so famous for, of course, you know. I'm going to take off, guys. I just I just want to tell you, first of all, it's an honor to see you guys like this. Uh, the brothers, I love you guys. You know that. But love yeah. you, certainly you Pat, great to see you again, and Ron. And then Steve, we haven't met in person, but I'm a big fan. One of my favorite Deep Purple records is that one with Ezrin produced, okay? Oh, was it like, oh, yeah, or something? I forget the title now. Jeez. What now? Go, wait, or, you know, what was it called? What now? Now what? Now, yeah. Now, yeah. now what? Sorry. Now what? Whatever. It was, a, yep. it was a white cover, and I, I just was addicted to that record. You've been doing a great job with that, of course. Thanks. So, hey, and hey, wow. Chris, yeah, that Chris, we love your, That's crazy. We love your curtains, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The curtains are happening, dude. Yeah. Once a cop friend of mine who knows social media said, like, I got some lights for you. You know, so, yeah. so that they can dance and even do more crazy things, the lights and the, 
really, you know, the, the curtains, just one last thing, came from, this was our TV room for Lisa and I to watch and enjoy. And then I realized, well, that's a good backdrop, nice and yeah. simple, you know. And then it became, you know, I may as well do all my interviews from here where yeah. I can, you know, just, just enjoy chatting to people, you know, the way the world is right now. So everybody be safe. Love you. The music is all that counts. Have a full life. You too, man. Pat Travers, what can we say? Thank you so much for being with us. Bumblefoot again. Steve, welcome to the show. You guys. Thanks, Steve. Steve, I'm glad I got your number that day from the store. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Hey, a salute, a final salute. To Eddie Van Halen, to, yeah. Tony Lewis, to Tony Lewis to the outfield, to uh, uh, Spencer Davis. I mean, yeah. it's a very tough week uh, this week as well. Um, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen uh, in the next few months. So just God bless everybody. God bless rock and roll. You guys, especially on this call, you know, as, you know who I am in this whole picture. I'm a fan. Thank you so much on behalf of all okay. the fans, right? Okay, man. Good night, Good night, Thank you, Ron. Uh, next week, they really next week. Yeah, <laughs> I got, I've got a fret now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that high. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.